One of the things that I found myself looking for over the past couple of years are, well, I say past couple of years, I believe it's gone on longer than that, are candles that are fragranced solely with essential oils. And it was such, it was kind of this odd situation for me because it just seems like there would be quite a few companies that are seeking to do this. And knowing too much for my own good, I also realized not all essential oils lend themselves to being burned. And recently, I was thrilled to discover Aspen Clean Candle. This company was founded by Jill Kozdrowski, who is a former industrial engineer and banking executive. She launched Aspen Clean Candle in 2019 to provide a healthier alternative to the mainstream can to the mainstream candles on the market that have harmful and hidden chemicals, often under the guise of fragrance. From the heart of the Rocky Mountains, she combines her love of candle making with a mission of ingredient truth and transparency to create beautiful handmade soy candles and home fragrance products with cleaner, safer scents, including an entire line of candles that are completely fragranced with essential oils only. That she's researched to be sure that they burn safely. I was thrilled to have the opportunity to sit down with her, and today I'm sharing that conversation with you. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to Holistic Wellness, a podcast exploring the science and metaphysics of health and wellness. I'm your host, Brandi Searcy, founder and formulator at Rain Organica, where you'll find holistic skincare in one simple routine. Today, I'd like to welcome Jill Because, Kuch- <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one more thing, one more question while this is already messed up. Um, and it's Aspen Clean Candle Company or Aspen Clean Candle? Just Aspen Clean Candle. Okay. Yeah. All right. Today, I would like to welcome Jill Kozdrowski to the show. She is the founder of Aspen Clean Candle. Jill, welcome. Thank you, Brandy. So nice to be here. It's very nice to meet you. You as well. So your company is honestly your the only one I've found that actually offers candles fragranced solely with essential oils. So many, so often I feel like I do a Google search for this and it'll come up and it'll claim that the candles are fragranced with essential oils. But then of course, when I click on the site and kind of dive deeper, that's just simply not true. Now, I would definitely like to talk about that and um, go ahead and bring this up to everyone listening that you also offer a line of synthetic um, fragrance candles as well. And these are phthalate free and clean fragrances. So I'd like to talk about both. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, and I, I totally agree with you. That's, that's part of why I started the company is I couldn't find candles that I could confirm were safe um, or at least clean. 
and I think we'll probably get into the definitions of some of the you know different terms and words that are thrown around a little bit, um, sometimes haphazardly actually. But yeah, I just I couldn't find candles outside of the realm of you know soy blend in quotes or um, you know all natural something something and and I knew they weren't right and as you try to get into what are the ingredients it's really hard to find um, and most candle companies don't disclose it for that reason because they know they're not using the best ingredients um, in their candles so yeah I mean long story short I I just I was having a really hard time finding anything that I could trust um, there are a few companies out there um, very few and far between um, but I just really wanted to produce my own line, um, know that I knew what was in them, that I could control that. And I do, as you said, um, a, a line of essential oil only with the soy wax. And then I have others that are essential oils with some of the clean phthalate free um, synthetic scents, but I fully disclose that. So, you know, people can dive deeper if they want um, into the actual sourcing of those companies and things like that. And, I'm perfectly fine. I mean, I even tell you where I source it from. So you can do additional research. But yeah, I started really in the essential oil uh, side of things. But then over time, I realized that uh, some of the essential oils really don't break down or combust well enough to put in a candle. And it can actually be harmful to burn some essential oils, right? So that's why I started looking towards some alternatives in the safer synthetic arena. Right. And yeah. Do you mind diving a little bit deeper into that about what you mean? Because I feel so often we hear the word essential oils and we think safe and that's not true, both when it comes to skincare and then also when it comes to candles. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, I mean, just my goodness, just yesterday I was um, doing some more tests with my Christmas line that I'm going to be um, launching in the next few weeks, which is a lot of cinnamon and a lot of peppermint. And I'll tell you what, um, when you get those oils in your eyes or your mucous <laughs> membranes, which I accidentally did yesterday, um, yeah, they don't feel really safe when they're on your skin and burning. Um, but that's the, that's the essence of essential oils is they're naturally derived from plants and they're not um, necessarily uh, safe for you know, skin contact or mucous membrane or eye or inhalation. Um, and you know, to your point, uh, something like a citrus base, like a, a limonene is a, a chemical that's found naturally in, um, you know, orange peels, lemon peels, grapefruit, that type of thing. Um, natural element of an essential oil, um, but when it's mixed with ozone or it's combusted and it interacts with ozone, you end up with formaldehyde. So, you know, I, I really don't use natural uh, citrus scents in my candles. I mean, people have always asked, oh, can you make an orange candle or a grapefruit candle? And I said, not naturally, because when you burn citrus oils in the presence of ozone, which could be anywhere, really, I mean, more in, in the city environment, but you burn an, uh, a citrus oil in ozone and you will create formaldehyde. So I shy away from those. I mean, there's little bits and pieces of natural citrus in some of my candles, um, but I'm, I'm really leaning towards more of the safe synthetics in that area for that reason. So it's, that's the, 
that's the fun of it for me is the chemistry behind it and really diving into every ingredient. Um, and again, telling people just because it's natural doesn't mean it's safe. Um, like I, I had told you earlier, you know, like lead is a natural occurring element um, and it's a neurotoxin. So you just have to be careful and understand the application. Um, you know, I even put uh, on my eucalyptus uh, candles on the website, a disclosure, like eucalyptus is not uh, dog friendly and cat friendly. So if you have a eucalyptus candle that's natural eucalyptus, make sure you can open windows and allow the dogs and cats to leave the room because they don't like eucalyptus and specific to cats, their livers can't process uh, peppermint or eucalyptus. You know, if they end up licking one of my candles, which I doubt they would, but um, that's a toxin to cats. So you just, you have to be aware of every ingredient and really where it falls on the spectrum of safe and, uh, you know, the, the applications of it. Right. Yeah. And just, okay, so staying with this topic for another minute here before we switch over to the benefits of mm -hmm. the essential oils. Yeah. Um, you were talking about, so you also look at the volatile organic compounds, also known as, or the short name for that, of course, is VOCs, right. and some other things, and about how these essential oils are breaking down when they're mm -hmm. heated, which mm -hmm. is so important. Um, could you maybe talk a little bit more about that specifically? And here we can get into the rest of the candle as well, like your the wax that you use and your wicks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, it's a great question because again, here's another um, term that I think people immediately think is negative, right? So a VOC, a volatile organic compound, um, is a compound that at, you know, ambient air temperature will release vapors, right? So it's, um, I think it's called like it has a, a high vapor pressure, low vapor pressure. There's all the, the, the science behind it, but effectively, um, VOCs occur very naturally. You know, a pine forest is giving off VOCs from the natural pine leaves, pine needles, you know, that whole thing. A flower, a, a rose, the reason you smell it is the VOC coming off of it. It's the scent, it's the essential scent. Um, but then when you look into the industrial man-made VOCs um, in paint thinners and uh, solvents, industrial solvents, that kind of thing, those are the bad guys. Right, so those are the you know the benzenes, the the toluenes, the formaldehydes, those type of chemicals, which again do occur naturally, um, but in much lower doses than than you find in the man-made um, industrial solvents and things like that. So when we talk about VOCs, I like people to understand that there are natural ones, there are man-made ones. Um, the ones that that are harmful are the ones that are kind of off-gassing from your carpeting, your um, shellac on your furniture, that sort of thing. Um, the ones coming off of a candle, yeah, they're still VOCs, but they're the ones that actually give it the, the, the natural elements, the scent. So I think that the jury's still out on exactly how good or bad either can be. I mean, I, I do think that the industrial solvents and the paint thinners and all that they've proven that those are carcinogenic in, in varying doses, right? And there are minimum thresholds. Um, but I just like to measure my candles myself. And I, I have a little VOC meter that I, 
I measure um, the burning of various candles. And I will say, you know, in all the measurements that I've done and all the testing that I've done of the vapors coming off of my candles, um, some have gone into a, a dangerous threshold. And that's why I test that and I make sure I don't produce those, right? But um, all the rest that I actually make and sell are in the safe zone for that. Um, and I'm primarily looking at um, formaldehyde coming off and uh, the particulate matter. So the soot, if you will. My, my, um, my little meter here will test for uh, VOCs and formaldehyde and particulate matter, both at the 2.5 and the 10 micron sizes. And I've just done varying tests against, you know, my candles versus uh, mainstream candles. And it's just fun to see because mine are not always the healthiest um, because of that element of the natural combustion. So as I mentioned, the citrus oils are really the, the most difficult uh, to work with. But um, I have been able to prove, at least in my own little, you know, controlled testing environment of my powder room of my house, <laughs> um, that the soot coming off of mine are very, very low, um, almost indetectable soot. And that's a combination of the soy wax that's very clean and the um, cotton and paper wicks that I use and the hemp wicks that are very, very clean. So, you know, it's, I will say though, that um, I, I just, I, I want people to understand just that the marketing of certain terms can be negative or positive. And you really, it's a lot of work, but you have to dive into understanding what you're being told and where the data is coming from and that sort of thing. So not all VOCs are bad and not all natural substances are good, right? So you just have to do your own research a lot of times. Right. Um, and I mean, this is a point that's made constantly on the podcast for listeners who have been around for a while. I talk the same way about endocrine disrupting compounds. It, they can be good or bad. Like my personal opinion is everything you contact, come into contact with on a daily basis is an endocrine disruptor. The mm -hmm. alarm on your phone in the morning, endocrine disruption. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> um, you mentioned particle size. So that, yeah, warning, um, totally geeking out on this conversation. You mentioned particle size at mm -hmm. the two and a half, and I, I believe you said two and a half and 10 micron. Correct. Um, are both of those inhalable particle sizes? Uh, yeah, I would say, uh, well, I actually have to do a little bit more research because from what I've understood, a lot of the nanoparticles and a lot of like the smaller the particle, the worse it is for yeah, you further. because the further into your system it can get, right? So this is more, honestly, I mean, you're gonna get, you're gonna get soot off of anything you burn ever, right? I mean, well, you probably know there are potentially some compounds that wouldn't give off soot when burned in a lab or whatever, but um, I, I'm just trying to keep it to a minimum, right? So I, you know, when I've burned candles with different wicks and I've burned, you know, um, mainstream candles with paraffin blends and things like that, which paraffin, by the way, for, for people that don't know, paraffin is a petroleum byproduct. So it's a, you know, it's in the same family as gasoline, but it's, uh, they process it to create a wax. Um, so things like that, just 
burning a paraffin wax, burning a, a not a clean wick necessarily, or something that's got paraffin on it. You know, a lot of wicks will will be dipped in paraffin to burn better. Um, but again, that's just petroleum. So those tend to have a lot more soot. Um, and with my candles, just using the natural soy wax, that in itself, plus a very clean wick, just keeps those, those particles very, very low, almost indetectable. Now, I mean, if I hold this little sensor thing right over the top <laughs> of any candle, it's going to start going up and up and up. But, you know, you're never going to be that close to it. It is dissipating throughout the room. So, right. You know, I want people to understand as well, you know, combustion of anything is not healthy to inhale. That's, that's just basic, right? But making sure if you are going to burn candles and you love candles and you have them all over your house, um, that you're using the, the cleanest version you can, right? Okay. One more question about your candle ingredients. So can you speak a little bit to the burn or the melting temperature of your wax and how you selected that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I started I started really kind of messing around with all different natural waxes. So the coconuts, um, the soys, the beeswax. Um, and I really found that the best propagation of the scent into the wax happened with soy. Okay. Um, and honestly, I mean, I, I really would love beeswax. I mean, here in the Rocky Mountains, we've got a lot of beekeepers and there's a lot of access to good beeswax here. Um, but it's a really hard wax. Um, and I just couldn't get the right mixture of essential oils into it. It didn't always smell a little bit like honey. So, you know, and I do some really earthy blends like frankincense and um, cedar wood and thing. And when you blend that with a bit of a honey base, it just was really off. So in the end, I landed on the soy wax, which it's a very soft wax. So it starts melting at about 115 to 120 Fahrenheit. Um, and which, believe me, scared the you know, the you know what out of me when I first started shipping candles to Phoenix in the summertime when <laughs> last year and I was like you know I was calling my clients saying I really hope these aren't a pool of wax on your front porch <laughs> when they get to you but thankfully you know I got to give props to the U.S. Postal Service they they got everything everywhere in intact and nothing melted but yeah so the 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 challenge with using essential oils in any candle is that you can't add essential oils above about 123 degrees because they start to just the flash points are so low that they'll just they'll just evaporate they'll disintegrate into thin air right so if a lot of candles um even a lot of soy candles when they're using all synthetic scents they can heat the oil to i don't know 160 to 180 and then add the synthetic scent at about 150 and then let that whole thing cool down until you pour it into the vessel. Well, you can't do that if you're using essential oils. So in a traditional candle, when they have that high, high wax heat, and then they can add this synthetic scent in at high temperatures, that really helps with the propagation of the scent throughout the wax. 
Alternatively, what I do is I can only get my wax. I, I heat my wax to about 160, but then I have to let it cool all the way down to 120. Then I add the essential oils and I have to stir and stir and stir and stir and stir. Um, because the heat element of it isn't helping to propagate anything because it's really cool at that point. I mean, you can dip your finger. It's not hot, hot, right? It's, it's cooling to about 110. And then I continue to stir, propagate that oil. And then I pour it at about 105 to 110. I mean, that's like, that's a hot, hot tub. Like that's not, that's not very, very hot, but that's the challenge I face in making soy candles with essential oils is it's, I have to be really specific about what temperature I'm getting it to when I'm adding the oils, when I'm pouring it. And I can still mess up a whole batch. Um, if, you know, if the humidity is off a particular day, or if, you know, my dog walks in and pushes the door open and there's a big draft coming through, like all of those little teeny variables can change the whole way the candle sets which is, you know, frustrating as all get out <laughs> when it happens. Wow, that's, mm -hmm. yeah, I can't imagine, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it, I've at least, I've gotten most of the variables pretty locked in. So I, you know, I have to have the, the room at the right temperature, the humidity at a certain, you know, the whole nine yards. I, I've even just last week, I was thinking, you know, I'm at 6,600 feet. Mm -hmm. I, I have to start looking into like, what is that doing in terms of variable? And especially when I'm doing test burns, I'm like, wow, there's actually fewer air molecules here than at sea level. So are my test burns, you know, potentially invalid for someone who's buying one in New York city? You know, it's, um, there's just, there's so many variables. People are always like, Jill, it's just a candle. Like how hard can it be? And I'm like, ugh. You have no idea. Well, that's for, <laughs> okay, it, for myself, because I've, tr you know, I've tried pouring up my own candles before, and it is such mm -hmm. a pain in the butt, because inevitably, they draw away from the wall, they don't yep. make the nice, even top, and they don't, uh, what, what word am I looking for? They don't, they don't stick to they the, don't cure the, well, they don't, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, and I, believe me, I've been doing this almost, well, let's see, two, two and a half years now. Um, when I first started, I mean, I was like, I'll, I'll, I'm never going to figure this out. I, I can't understand why certain, you know, waxes aren't sticking to the wall or why this is creating a hole. And there's, you know, there's a lot of information out there for candle makers to help other candle makers, which is so funny that I say that I'm a candle maker, a chandler, if you will. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's really just trial and error. I mean, I have spent so much money just on, you know, test vessels and test wicks and bags of wax that didn't work out. And, but that's any business, you know, yeah, it's trial and error. You have to figure out your recipes. You have to really hone them in. And I've gotten to that point now. Um, but even, even now I've got some Christmas ones that are burning in another room, just making sure they burn evenly that, you know, you get that good level of liquid wax pool at the top and you don't get any mushrooming and additional soot coming off the way like it's it's so many different variables um and it's just been trial and error for years yeah wow 
So going back to when you started, you know, you mentioned it was because you couldn't find an essential oil candle on the market. Why was that so important for you? Well, that goes back, oh gosh, almost two decades. Um, I was uh, I was living in England at the time when I was working for the bank that I recently retired from. Um, and I had had, I, I grew up in Pittsburgh. We didn't have a lot of shrimp. We didn't have a lot of seafood. When I was living in England, I ended up uh, having a really good shrimp dinner one night. And unbeknownst to me, I was allergic to shrimp. So when I woke up at three in the morning and felt like I'd been in a fight, my, my lips were swelled up, my eyes were swelled up, my cheeks, everything was swelled up. I didn't go into anaphylactic shock, thank goodness. Um, but whatever was in that shrimp or whatever happened, and I went to many different doctors who really couldn't necessarily pinpoint it. But from that moment on, they said, number one, avoid shellfish, which I did, um, duh. But number two, I started reacting to so many different things that I'd never reacted to before, like lipstick, eyeliner, um, moisturize, just like regular chapstick, just things that I was using in my everyday life, my entire adult life. And then suddenly after that incident, I couldn't use them anymore. Um, I'd be just kind of sitting at my desk at work and I would feel my lips start to tingle and then they would just puff up out of nowhere. Um, so what I started doing was just researching what could be happening, what, you know, what's going on. And this is 20 years ago when clean products and clean living was really, I think, just starting to emerge. Mm -hmm. um, but Europe was actually ahead of the game in terms of ingredients and testing and things like that. So anyway, I fast forward probably about 10 years when I still couldn't wear lipstick. I couldn't wear, I mean, I was, I was really just unable to, to, to do a lot of the, you know, the, the things that I'd been doing just with cleaning products and whatever. So, okay. It all started to make sense that this is more of a, an environmental toxin thing. And for whatever reason, my immune system was triggered by the shrimp. Um, funny enough, I've, that allergy has gone away. The shellfish allergy, I think, potentially because I've eliminated so many other toxins in my life that the shellfish allergy is now close to nothing. I mean, I, I don't necessarily like shrimp anyway, but if I want to have some crab cakes or something, I can totally do that and there's no problem. Um, anyway, part of that story is that in lamenting this to girlfriends of mine over the years, the one had mentioned this company that does, uh, I don't want to say non-toxic because that's another term that's misused, but um, safer cosmetics and safer skincare. And I, I started using their products and it really just opened my eyes to the amount of environmental chemicals we're exposed to and how hidden these ingredients are all over the place. Um, and candles were a big part of my, I don't know, just kind of the ambiance in my house and loving the fall weather and lighting my cinnamon candles and looking forward to when some of the big producers were, you know, excuse me, launching this center, that center, whatever. Um, but then I would notice that, you know, I was getting headaches. I, my eyes were watering all the time. It was, I don't think it ever occurred to me that the candles were actually doing some of that uh, damage. And that's when I started to think, well, hang on, if there's bad chemicals potentially in lipsticks and skincare products, 
what about candles? And fragrance is really one of those elements that is so, uh, what's the word? I don't want to say unregulated because that's, that's, it's not necessarily unregulated, but it's allowed to be non-disclosed, right? And I'm sure you know this in your business as well, is that fragrance as a, as a topic, as a, as a compound um, can just be listed as fragrance on any uh, ingredients list. So you'll see that word fragrance, parfum, um, perfume, whatever. But because of the FDA loophole that says it's a trade secret, you don't have to disclose it, companies can put basically whatever they want in fragrance as long as they've told you it's safe, which how do we know that they are, right? I mean, uh, anyway, to answer your question, I mean, I just, when I started digging into the fragrance topic, that's when I went, you know what? There are no candles out there that I would like to burn that I know the ingredients of. I couldn't get it. I, I, you know, I'm not going to name names, but some of the major producers, I was emailing them. Hey, what, give us your ingredients list. Actually, that's a trade secret. We're not going to disclose it. Um, that was a huge warning bell for me um, when I couldn't even get the information. So, and I get it. I mean, if you've got the recipe for Coke, you don't want to tell people what's in Coca-Cola, right? You, that's a trade secret. You don't have to disclose it. But uh, because fragrance can be so many hundreds of chemicals, um, I don't know. I just, I wanted to be completely transparent with my clients and say, here's exactly what's in it. Um, if you're allergic to peppermint, you're allergic to peppermint. You don't want to buy one of these candles. Or if you're allergic to whatever, cedarwood. But at least you know what's in it. Um, and so that's what, that's what got me into the candle business from, I mean, a total 180 from my previous life. Can you talk a little bit about your previous life? Absolutely. Sorry while I take a sip of tea. Um, yeah, so I basically got my degree in industrial engineering many, many years ago, and I worked for General Motors, and I worked for a couple consulting gigs with IT stuff. And then um, this was sort of when uh, banks were just starting to go online with, uh, you know, websites, mobile banking, online banking, that kind of thing. And I went over to a major credit card bank and did a lot of their setup for um, online banking. And all, so I was basically doing just all sorts of IT stuff for a very, very long time. Um, and then went into uh, a, a lot of just kind of site, site choice, site real estate type project management stuff for the same bank. So I went really from like hardcore engineering, working on a line, working on ignition cables at General Motors um, into IT and then into banking and then into more traditional project management stuff. And that took me to England, as I said, and um, basically just had a, a wonderful career in the banking industry. And then probably about two or three years ago, 
they were looking to consolidate a lot of us uh, senior management into headquarters. Um, again, I won't go into, it's, it's on the East Coast, it's a headquarter. And I was already living in Aspen and they were like, why don't you move to headquarters? And I'm like, ah, ah, you know, <laughs> um, what are my other options? And I said, well, you qualify for retirement. So if you wanna retire, you can retire. And I said, all right, I think I'll take option B and I'm gonna retire. Um, left the banking world, left the engineering world. And, you know, I, I took like a three month break and I just, I did all the things in Aspen that I'd wanted to do, like go to lunch with friends and, you know, do the, the hiking trails in the middle of the day on a Wednesday. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then after three months, I was like, okay, I need to, I need to do something. And that's when I thought, you know what, I've always wanted to do this candle thing and it's, it's time I did it for real. Right. So that's when I, I launched Aspen Clean Candle. And um, yeah, people still, they laugh because they're like, wait, you're an engineer and you're, you're making candles? I'm like, well, who better to do that than a chemist or an engineer? Like, we need to know what's in these things. And um, it's just been fun. It's been terrifying. I don't know what the hell I'm doing half the time running a <laughs> business. I have to be the, the accountant. I have to be the social media manager. I have to be the production line. I, you know, it's just me. Um, I'm new and I'm just getting my, you know, feet under me. And I would love to have a big, you know, production space and a factory and employees and have a lot of fun with that. And I'll, I'll get there. Um, but at the moment, it's just me. So I got to do everything. And I'm like, how do people do this? How do people run businesses when, you know, they're the technician and they're, they're, you know, I'm, I'm HR, I'm, I'm the accountant, I, I'm, I'm everything. Um, so it's been a huge learning experience uh, to start my own company, run my own company. Um, but I tell you, it's just, it's a joy waking up every day and, and thinking about what I can do and who I can meet um, and the relationships that I build with my clients and just really having a good time with it. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. Moving back over into the candles, because one of the things we, we haven't talked about yet is the aromatherapy aspect of these mm -hmm. essential oils. Mm -hmm. So, and I love what you shared about, you were really looking for a clean candle to burn and mm -hmm. moving away from some of the everyday toxins, both in our diet and in our environment, like just right. around us. Mm -hmm. So, but if we could talk about the aromatherapy aspect of it. Yeah, well, the the aromatherapy, I think, I don't know, I've read before that, you know, our sense of smell is the most memory invoking mm -hmm. and the most, uh, I, I would say acute, just in terms of saying, you know, oh, I, this smells just like my grandmother's living room or, oh, this smells like my mom's perfume when I was 10. You know, you can, you can pinpoint those fragrances to something, somewhere, someone, right? I think that's beautiful. Um, and I think for me, scent is a mood booster beyond anything else. You know, if I walk into a house and I smell Thanksgiving dinner, <gasps> uh, you know, that's just, uh, yeah. So in terms of the the benefits of essential oils. I mean, the, there's there's so much uh, data there, just um, from topical applications to aromatherapy. Um, 
really helping to wake you up, helping to calm you down, you know, those types of things. So I just, honestly, when I first started the, the business, I was playing around with the sense that I like the best, right? So I love cinnamons. Um, I love peppermints. Uh, I love the earthy stuff too, the cedar woods, the real kind of mossy, uh, you know, like wet leaf kind of smell. Um, and I, I just, I just played around with blends, um, you know, so that's why the line that I first created was all more, um, what's the word, not ethereal, but, you know, I, I don't have candles that say, you know, cinnamon and spice. I have a candle called breathe, right? I have a candle called pray. I have a candle called love. So, and I've, I've tailored those blends to sort of evoke that feeling when you're smelling it. So the love candle, for instance, is a warm clove and an ylang-ylang. So it's kind of sensual, it's kind of warm, it's kind of spicy, right? Um, the breathe candle, which is my, my best seller, um, which it cracks me up because it's so simple and so basic. And I'm like, man, of all the blends that I did, this was the easiest. Turns out <laughs> simplicity sells. Um, the breathe candle is just, it's a lemongrass and a eucalyptus. And that combination is just very you know, it just makes you want to open your lungs. Um, and it's very energizing. So just trial and error again has been really how I've come up with a lot of these different blends. Um, and I'm always tailoring them too. I mean, someone will say, Ooh, I'd love a little more sandalwood in this. Or maybe if you put a little bit more frankincense over here or a little bit uh, more cedarwood. In the, and so I'm always, I'm always readjusting, but the the basics are there that, you know, the rest, the candle I do called rest, it's just very calming. It's got, it's got the cedar wood. It's got the, the, you know, Palo Santos, the, the, or sorry, no, that's the, that's the prey one with the sacred woods. Um, the rest just, it, it makes you want to just chill out, like take a breather. Right. Um, so that's been, that's been fun. I wouldn't say, you know, I'm not necessarily selling them as here's what you should light when you're studying here's what you should light when you're trying to go to sleep it's it's really you know it could be different for everybody but it, and and again you know it's it, it's a candle it's not something you're actually applying topically for you know the actual benefits of whatever the essential oil would be um specifically this is being diffused into the air very minutely um but if you feel better, then I did my job. <laughs> I love that. Jill, is there anything else that you'd like to talk? And is your mug one of your candle holders? Yeah, that's so I that's the point. This is, oh my gosh, a labor of love. I don't know if this is actually <laughs> that's so beautiful. You know, um, oh, that's pretty. Isn't it gorgeous? So it my friend. Uh, I, ha I had a friend out of Denver who knew a potter in Pueblo um, and she and I met a few years ago and she is now hand making every single one of these vessels for me. Um, I do a big one and then I do a smaller one. So one has like a gold stripe, one has the blue gray stripe, but the intention as part of my whole company is really reusable, recyclable, sustainable, right? So uh, from the soy wax to the essential oils to the vessels, 
um, I want to be very mindful about it. So when you're done with your candle, you can use it as a coffee mug or a teacup. Um, and it's all, you know, dishwasher safe and food grade and all of that. But um, yeah, she puts that little stamp on the bottom. And yeah, so they're all handmade by a gal out of Pueblo um, who is a deer. But yeah, so I've been, I have a whole set of them. <laughs> so I tell people, I'm like, yeah, buy buy six candles and you got a set of coffee mugs when you're yeah. done. <laughs> yep. And I even, I go so far as to on the, the top, I put a dust cover. Okay. Right? Yeah. The dust cover just has my logo and it just talks about, you know, soy wax, essential oils, but it's um, embedded with wildflower seeds. Okay. So you take this and you plant it in the ground and you have daisies and cosmos and you have beautiful flowers. So I want everything to be, you know, reusable and not a, a burden on our, um, our waste. So yeah, you, good catch. You've seen me drinking out of my, my little my little ceramic mug. Mm -hmm. Is that one of the things you envision offering are refill kits for the candles at some point? You know, that's a great question because I, I've always thought, I mean, locally here, people will bring their vessels back to me and I refill them and I give them like three bucks off each candle that we do that for. Um, but thinking about doing that remotely where people have to ship things back to me, I do think the carbon footprint of shipping yeah. things back to me is a little too much versus just reusing it. Um, so what I like what I've seen before is where you can order the block of wax that already has the essential oil included in it. Yeah. However, once you receive it, you have to heat it up to get it to mm. fit into the vessel. Mm -hmm. I've been thinking about that too, because um, funny enough, just yesterday, my cousin um, out in Cincinnati, she texted me. She's like, I got my whole shipment of candles. She's like the one ceramic piece did crack in uh, transit. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to send you a whole other candle, number one, but I'm going to send you a vessel to just plop that hard wax. So just, you know, okay. throw away the other one that, that shattered and just put the chunk of wax with the wick already in it in this new vessel. Yeah. Um, and it, so it's the timely that you're bringing that up today because I thought, well, there's a way that I could then just ship the hard wax piece um, with the wick already in. So basically a candle with no vessel um, and then they can drop it in when they get there. The challenge at the moment is these are all handmade. So they're not, yeah. the tolerances are off, right? Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't yeah. guarantee that it's going to fit in the next um, or that the wax that I send you is going to fit in the, the vessel you have. But again, yeah, they could maybe heat it and then slide it in a little easier. I don't know, there's there's a lot to be done there just um, in terms of thinking you've already got the vessel. Um, number one, I, I hope people don't throw them away because they are all reusable, but number two, how could I get it refilled for them without having to give them another vessel? Right. So yeah, it's definitely worth considering. I think they would make gorgeous planters also. Like oh yeah, <laughs> I've got a couple cacti upstairs in in them, and I mean, you could. I have my toothbrush in one. You know, I have. Yeah. Where's my? I'm sitting here at my desk. Here's my, all my, all my pens. Oh. <laughs> I mean, these are like ones that were maybe a little wonky, little you know, uneven on the lip or something. So I'm not gonna get rid of them. They're functional. They're just you know, a little yeah. bit, a little bit off. So yeah. 
is okay is there anything we haven't talked about yet that you would like to talk about I don't know um you know I really I just I hope that people I hope just as a as a as a society as a country as a as an earth we're starting to really ask questions about what's in the products we're using applying to our bodies smelling eating whatever and I think that movement is really gaining momentum right so I just I would encourage people regardless of what the product is just look at the ingredients if they if it has an ingredients list and if something says made with essential oils well that's great but maybe 1% is essential oils and 99% is synthetic um just just understand that there's a lot of marketing jargon right that can that can try to sort of hoodwink people um and that frustrates me because um I, believe me i was hoodwinked for many years when i would something would say made with essential oils i assume that meant 100% not even close right so made with soy wax or soy wax blend most of the time is is paraffin wax with a little bit of soy um so just you know as a consumer be you know be aggressive in your uh search for the truth and what are the ingredients and how might they be harmful um and it's not to scare people but it's just i i i feel better with my health because of the research i did and what i eliminated from my life and the products i was using um and i honestly i mean i tell people i say the allergy that i had to shellfish is now dramatically reduced now that's also a natural cycle of cell turnover in your body and things like that so i don't want to say that just because i started switching to cleaner products i have fewer allergies but maybe that is a, a byproduct of that um and just you know don't be afraid to ask the questions um i love when people ask me things cuz i'm happy to tell them um exactly what i'm doing and how i'm doing it so it's things like that um i just want people especially with the fragrance side of things to understand what's in the products that they're buying right mm -hmm. and other than that i don't know i can't really think of much more that i'd want to talk about other than i'm very excited to be launching my christmas scents coming up but if anyone has any recommendations for christmas scents or even candle scents in general i'm always looking for feedback you know if somebody says ooh i want a bubblegum flavored candle well i probably can't do that but um <laughs> you know anything that's outside of what i currently offer i'm always looking for suggestions on scent combinations essential oil blends you know something that i haven't thought of um i just i love that kind of feedback and that kind of suggestion from people so anyone listening today please shoot me an email with your favorite scent and i'll see what i can do and what email address is best for you oh they can just send it to jill at aspencleancandle.com okay. okay yeah and speaking of which what is the best way to find your candles ah very good question. Um, yeah, at the moment, I would say online, um, aspencleancandle.com is my website. It's a retail. You can just take a look at everything I've got there from 
fragrance, you know, uh, essential oil home sprays to the candles to, I'm going to be doing some like wax warmers and wax melt type of things for the holidays. I'll be putting stuff out there, but um, yeah, there. And then anyone who's local to Aspen or the Roaring Fork Valley here in Colorado, um, you know, I, I sell really at like farmer's markets and some of the holiday fairs and things like that. But at the moment, um, because my candles are all handmade, um, very high quality ingredients, it's really hard for me to get a price point down to wholesale where I can sell to a retailer who then doubles the price and sells it, you know, um, to the public. So I'm not doing wholesale yet just because I don't want to cheapen my product just to be able to, you know, turn a profit at a retailer. So I'm just doing online, just doing in-person sales myself at different um, farmers markets and things like that. Okay. Jill, this was such a great conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your passion and how like it's obvious all of the research that you put into these candles. Well, thanks, Brandy. It's it's nice to to talk to someone who really understands it and gets it and can be sort of an ally with me in this movement to just, you know, figure out what what's in your stuff and and try to go clean as best you can, right? Yeah. So absolutely. I do appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for reaching out and setting this up. Yeah. Thank you. It's been a hot minute since we had a skincare episode on the podcast. So next week. I'll be talking about skin, acne. Well, let me take that back. I'll be talking about the pH of your skin and how this is interrelated oftentimes with many disease processes, including acne. This will be one you won't want to miss. Until next time, bye.